On this episode of the Answers on Aging podcast. There are a lot of emotions. There are a lot of factors that are going to play into how y'all's future relationship is carried out. And there's also a lot to think about when it comes to the actual financial responsibility and decision making. Welcome to the Answers on Aging podcast. This podcast provides solutions to your questions and commonly faced challenges about caregiving, legal, and financial issues, personal struggles associated with the normal aspects of aging, and the unforeseen obstacles that oftentimes can be life-altering and even devastating. Each episode dissects real life, real-time issues, and will often feature special guests who bring expert-level knowledge and free resources straight to you. This podcast is hosted by certified elder law attorney, Todd Watley, and licensed nursing home administrator, Sarah Scott. Together, these aging experts bring an impressive combined 30 plus years of experience to the table in order to give you all the answers on aging. That's right. This is the Answers on Aging podcast, and my name is Todd Watley, and we are doing this like we always do it, but we're also recording visually so we can put this on YouTube. So we're going to start contributing more to our YouTube channel. So if you are a listener to our podcast, you can now go to YouTube and look up Answers on Aging, and you can see us in person do that. And when I say us, thankfully, I am always pretty much always here with my co-host, Sarah Scott. Hey, Todd Watley. Welcome, everybody, to the best aging podcast out there. Absolutely. Answers on aging. Yeah. We have all kinds of information. Answers, Mm -hmm. solutions, And 84. I mean. Tricks. And Lots. being numbered 84, I think we're probably pushing 90. Yeah, I think it's over 90. Wow. Mm -hmm. We should do something special on our 100th. Okay. 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 We will. Okay. Um, maybe we'll go find a person that's 100 years old and give them a big kiss on the cheek or something. And interview them. And interview them. Let's, that take. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So if you're a listener and um, have a 100-year-old, we're always down for a road trip. <laughs> we are. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, would love to meet a centennial. That'd be cool. Yeah. So um, if you have not ever listened to a podcast and this is your first one, congratulations. Mm -hmm. We're so glad that we could be your first. And um, we'd like to encourage you to go back and listen to all the other episodes so that you can be as prepared as possible for either you as the aging individual or you as the caregiver Mm -hmm. of an aging individual. And caregiver can be the spouse can be a parent it could be a sibling or an adult child which is probably the most common type of Mm -hmm. caregiver eventually even if it starts out as a spouse one of the spouses is going to end up passing away Mm -hmm. and that other surviving spouse needs a caregiver or at least just somebody to check in on them Um, and what we found is that Many times when there are families with multiple kids, there are a lot of dynamics Mm -hmm. that we fail to really recognize and kind of talk about and hopefully help through the process of being a caregiver when you've got siblings that may or may not be as involved as as you are. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, we're going to talk about siblings, and it's interesting because both Sarah and I are Uh, effectively only children now 
Um, I have a half-sister who um, I've really never had a relationship with, and I've never needed to caregive for our dad and my mom. I truly was her only child, and that was very quick and to the point. And um, But I have clients, and I have a friend right now, a really good friend, who is caring for his mom, and she is living in his house mm-hmm. with his wife, and there's a sister, but she lives like in Arizona. Yeah. And so she is really good to, um, my friend can put his mom on the plane and send her there. And, you know, it's a direct flight. So mm-hmm. you just got to get her on the plane and then someone w- will get her off and the sister is there waiting. And I think he is very blessed to have a good relationship. And yeah. if he and his wife want to go on vacation she will even come in and stay in their house to keep mom or you know like i said send mom there either way he is very blessed but that's Mm -hmm. not how it always is no and that's not typical that's not typical for siblings to work so well in harmony together Mm -hmm. and just be on the same page about what mom needs and and both be willing to step up and you know, even though your friend is the primary caregiver, mm-hmm. it's so nice to know that when he needs a break or when he's going to be going on vacation, there is that sibling that's willing to either come to his house or, mm-hmm. or and you know, meet mom at the airport and, and do what needs to be done to make sure she's taken care of. But that's really kind of... Um, the exception and not always the rule. Yeah. So today we wanted to talk about, you know, what are some of the dynamics if you're just entering into maybe a, a recent diagnosis that one of your parents has um, dementia or Parkinson's or something that you know is going to lead to requiring more and more care. Um, and you've got all these siblings or maybe just one or two siblings And you're the one who lives in town close Mm -hmm. to mom or dad, um, and they live out of state, you know, and Mm -hmm. you feel like this kind of impending doom that you're going to be the one having to step up and, and like, put your life on hold while they continue with their lives. There are a lot of emotions. There are a lot of factors that are going to play into how y'all's future relationship is carried out and there's also a lot to think about when it comes to the actual financial responsibility Mm -hmm. and decision making i think going into this you need to understand everyone the whole family needs to understand this is going to be one of the hardest Mm -hmm. jobs you will ever do in your life it's emotionally draining it's physically draining it's um, financially draining financially draining yeah. and, I, and going without sleep mm-hmm. is devastating we need to get a, a sleep specialist mm-hmm. on just to talk about how important sleep is but you know i had lunch with this friend yesterday and he was just telling me she was telling me his wife was saying it's just difficult because she is at this stage of dementia where she's like they're trying to clean house and she's coming in behind them thinking she's helping, but it's oh. just causing problems. And it's just frustrating that, you know, they're at church and we're at lunch and his phone's ringing because she's calling. She's confused about the time they were, they had a, like a two o'clock appointment to go somewhere and mm-hmm. it's like 1130 and she's calling. It's like, when are you going to be here? Well, mom, it's not two yet. I'll be right. It's just 
constant. Yeah. There's just constantly something going on. Mm-hmm. And as we have talked about before, and as I am learning at this great age, communication is key. It is. It is. And what what's really important, and there are a couple of articles that we drew some information from, but in general, and we'll have links to those on the show notes, but it's from the familycaregiveralliance.org website. And it, it goes into greater detail than what we're going to today of, of things to consider when you're just entering into this situation where there is one sibling and for whatever reason that they are the ones who are the primary caregiver of your parent. Um, things that you need to be sensitive to toward them that mm-hmm. you probably were kind of not even going to consider, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, they do have to make sure that when they go to the grocery store, somebody's watching out for mom. Yep. Or when um, when mom has to go to the doctor's appointment and she has a hard time getting in and out of the car, my sister's going to be the one that has to get her physically in and mm-hmm. out of the car mm-hmm. or have somebody help with that. Yeah. I, I mean, <clears throat> there's just so many things on the – you know, just the logistics side that you're not even going to think about necessarily until you're actually living it. And so one of the um, common threads between these two articles that I pulled was that no matter who's taking care of the parent, um, there are assumed roles and responsibilities that you're most likely to just kind of go along with and continue that originated in childhood so for example the the oldest child is is assumed to probably be the most responsible in most cases and and maybe um the most stable in their career and in their family life and so you you carry that first child experience and assumptions from childhood because they are going to be helping with household chores and maybe even child care giving or, you know, watching over their siblings. When you pull that over into adulthood, because that's what most of us do, we don't re-examine our roles. We mm-hmm. don't consider how someone changed from childhood into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you just assume that big brother or big sister is going to be the one to step up and take responsibility or at least kind of start the conversation and navigate through this process because they're the oldest. Mm -hmm. That's not fair. Yeah. And a lot of times the oldest may have kind of strayed away from that childhood assumption and they've been divorced six times and (laughs) they've, you know, can't even pay child support and God knows what else. So, it's, it's not fair to carry over childhood assumptions and roles and responsibilities into adulthood when um, when someone is expected to step up and care for a parent because it's not always going to be synonymous with how they were at childhood. Yeah, I'm looking at this article that Sarah made reference to. It's called Caregiving and Sibling Relationships, Challenges, and Opportunities. And the second point goes to that it says one major source of sibling friction is the legacy of family dynamics Mm -hmm. invariably the demands of caregiving bring out old patterns and unresolved tensions Mm -hmm. 
I will tell you, yeah, once this starts going, if there's been some problems between the, the siblings over money or mom likes you better or mm-hmm. whatever, this tension is going to bring that to the surface. Oh, for sure. It's going to be an issue. And there will not be an easy resolution. There will, I mean, things are going to probably get really ugly. And so, no surprise here, but the number one recommendation for whenever you're entering into this type of situation is going to be making sure that the appropriate power of attorney documents are in Mm -hmm. place. No matter what, You've got to have those. You've got to have an appointed legal designee to to make sure that mom's taken care of with health care and finances, and that doesn't always have to be the same person. Right. Yeah, you can split those duties. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's really common a lot of times for families to just assume that if there is just a son and a daughter – that the daughter will take on the caregiver role and that the son will take on managing the finances. Mm -hmm. And that's not always a fair or accurate assumption either. Mm -hmm. And so being able to have an open conversation with your siblings and hopefully your parent or parents, if, if they both are involved and still living, to say, you know, these are the things that we're facing. We want to make sure there's a plan in place so that when we need to step in and start helping, we've got everything we need. Um, how do you feel about, you know, the brother managing finances? Mm-hmm. And and maybe the, the son, the brother, isn't financially responsible or yeah. stable. And there's a concern there. So, um, you know, there's just so many reasons why you should have these conversations and kind of divide or decide how to divide up the duties for caregiving amongst the siblings, no matter how many siblings there are, as long as they're all adults and they're, you know, somewhat decent human beings, I think Mm -hmm. they need to be a part of that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. It's communication. And and so um, most often discord surfaces from the unequal division division of caregiving duties. And this is where the things that I'm going to say this article brings out is, again, communication is key. And you, if you're the non caregiver of your parent, understand your sibling is going through some stuff. Okay, give them some grace. Just know, go spend a weekend, let your sibling go on a long weekend, you go take their place. And I guarantee that you will have a new appreciation for what they do day in and day out every single day. And again, communication is key. And one of the points is, for this to work out is keep family members informed regarding a parent's condition. Yes. <laughs> and I think there were some apps out there. We can uh-huh. do some research and we can put it as a link, but there are some apps out there where it's kind of like a individual Facebook page that yeah. everybody has access to. Mm-hmm. You can ask what's going on. Mom can update stuff. You know, you can in one place rather than sending out four different emails, mm-hmm. you can just put in one place how mom's doing, doctor's appointment, what was the result of mom's doctor's appointment, problems she's having, you know, just whatever. It's a great way for the family to meet in one place Mm -hmm. virtually to see what's going on. Yeah, and it also doesn't open up that whole kind of awkward place where, you know, if you do communicate through emails and it's a group email and 
three of the five recipients respond like that, and then mm-hmm. if they're like me, they Never see check it, email. they don't respond. <laughs> they might see it, but there may not be a need to ask a question right now or okay. to comment, so they just kind of hold it. Okay. Um, you know, so this is it's a way for families to access it at their convenience and find out the information that they are the most interested in or that they have concerns about. And it's just, yeah, it's a really good, um, consistent way to communicate between all kinds of family members, not just siblings, um, for how mom or dad's condition is going. And you can also communicate about holiday plans. Oh, yeah. Pros, cons, when to, you know, when is the best time to visit, um, I know that whenever we we get together as a family, uh, we tend to slip into our old roles, you know. And so mm-hmm. even if you've got the sister who's the primary caregiver, if mom's living with her now and older brother comes home, he might just kind of try to take over during yeah. the time that he's there. Mm-hmm. And that's not okay. If it's in sister's house yeah. and sister's been the one taking care of mom this whole time. Mom knows the, or sister knows the patterns and uh-huh. how things should be done. And, and yeah. brother comes in and he has a different <coughs> idea of what mom's condition is. Um, he could be in denial mm-hmm. about mom's current condition. He could have a whole different opinion on how things should be handled. And he needs to understand like, what boundaries are in place when we're at sister's house because these are mom's needs. Mm -hmm. And if brother wants to take mom home with him after Thanksgiving, (laughs) be my guest. (laughs) You know, you can try this. Let me go pack the suitcase. But if you're coming to my house, you need to respect our routines and and not just try to take over if that's your assumed former role in the family. Yeah. One of the final points on this one that – I'm reading, it says, try to forgive family members who continue to refuse to get involved in a loved one's care. The only thing we can have control over in a situation is what? Our reaction. We've been through this. (laughs) We've been through this before. The only thing you can control is how you respond to it. Attempt to work through your negative emotions to take care of yourself and move forward. And don't do that in front of mom or dad, please. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that in front of them. If you've taken on the primary caregiver role, then you need to go back and listen to a few other of our episodes about how to prevent caregiver burnout and different resources for caregiver support so that you have that support system in place outside of the house and that you are trying as best you can to prevent burnout because it is a real thing. And when you're going through it, you're going to be snappy. You're going to sometimes neglect Mm -hmm. or abuse, even Mm -hmm. though those are not your intentions. And that's the last thing that we need to do. I had just had a phone call earlier today with a client who's, Um, facing having to move mom to her state. So her mom lives in Arkansas right now, but Mm -hmm. she's going to have to eventually be transitioning into a higher level of care Mm -hmm. in a different state. She has no siblings, but she was like, I feel so guilty because I'm taking her away from where she wants to be. And I'm like, and and she said, I don't know how to deal with that. And I said, well, it's not going to go away for a while. 
mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, because even whenever a mom does get to where she needs and her needs are met and you know that she's safe, you're still going to feel guilty about either having to put her in a facility or hire care to come in to help take care of her. So you're always going to have certain negative emotions whenever you're that caregiver. Um, but at the end of the day, just know that there is support out there. You're not alone. And if you can have an open communication with your siblings and your other family members, it's going to be a little bit easier and it's worth having those hard conversations. Communication is absolutely crucial. Okay. You've just got to do it. And I'm the worst. I am the worst. You're getting better. I am getting better. But hard conversations are hard. And in this situation, for your parents' best care, you as the siblings have to communicate. You have to work this out. Mm -hmm. And let us give you some suggestions on the apps to, to, you know, communicate better, pick up the phone, do the email, text, whatever, stay in communication because that's what you need as the caregiver. That's what you need as the non-caregiver. And it's what mom needs to make sure that her support group is sufficient. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> so hopefully you've, you know, gotten a few little eye-opening nuggets today that will either help give you um, some ideas about how to enter into these conversations or maybe if you're just in the thick of it right now and you're like this is not working what do we do Mm -hmm. maybe you can kind of push pause step back think about things from these perspectives and and deal with it a little bit better yeah 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 Good topic. Sarah came up with this, I think, just from phone calls and things that have been going on. And so this is, yeah, this is hugely important. And we love to talk about what you want to hear. Mm -hmm. And so if you have questions, if you have a topic that you want us to discuss, or if you know a guest who would, who brings some expertise, we would love to talk to you about having them on the show and get their expertise for all of our listeners to learn from. We sure would. So please keep tuning in each week and we hope to continue to bring you really helpful, relevant information on how to make the aging process as smooth as it can be. And don't forget to check us out on our Facebook live feed every Wednesday when we do our radio show. And tune in on our uh, YouTube channel as well. Yep. Thank y'all. Thanks. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Answers on Aging podcast with Todd and Sarah. Be sure to hit subscribe and keep tuning in each week as they bring you helpful, useful, and easy to find resources for making life as we age as simple and enjoyable as possible. For more information about this episode, visit AnswersOnAgingPodcast.com. Click on the show notes tab and take advantage of the free resources right there at your fingertips. To see Todd and Sarah live, check out our Facebook page, Answers on Aging, to catch a live feed of their radio show every Wednesday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock. Todd and Sarah welcome feedback and love to answer your questions. So please, let them know what you think by leaving a review and share with your friends and family. 